Hello and welcome to the Vulture TV Podcast. I'm Jen Cheney. This week, it's our second to last episode, and we wanted to take this time to share my interview with Aziz Ansari from this year's Vulture Festival. Aziz talked with me in great detail about the second season of Master of None and how it all came together. So take a listen and enjoy. I'm Jen Cheney, and I'm the TV columnist for Vulture. And you might know who this guy is. Aziz Ansari. Hi, hello. Jack of all trades, master of all of them as well. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about season two of Master of None, uh, as well as some other things. Uh, how many of you guys have watched all of season two? Excellent. All right, if, good. if you haven't finished, we're probably going to spoil the shit out of this. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> congratulations because this has gotten such a warm reception. You must be really excited. Uh, yeah, you know, when, when you, we make the show, it takes us about a year to do the whole thing, and y- you have these ideas, and you get excited about them, and you hope people respond to them, and then when it finally comes out and, and people respond the way they have the season, it's, it really, uh, it's really very flattering, and we're, we're very humbled by it. Yeah, so just to give you a little sense. Um, my colleague Matt zoller Seitz reviewed season two and said, the new batch of Master of None episodes is on my shortlist for scripted show of the year. So that's, that's pretty big stuff. Do you, um, do you read your reviews or do you go out of your way not to read them? I read things occasionally, but uh, I, uh, yeah, every now and then I'll read things. <laughs> I try not to get sucked in because Honestly, sometimes I'll like search like Master of None on Google News and there'll be like a million different articles on Vulture, Bustle. I'm like, I don't know if all these things deserve an article. (laughs) (laughs) Where they got the macaroni from the Thanksgiving episode? (laughs) That's one of my questions. It's still one of my questions. (laughs) No, but it's very nice. But I do think it is a little funny to be like how the kind of think piece culture and everything, it's like... I mean, the day, the night the show came out, there was like, recap of the whole episode. I'm like, <laughs> give people a second to watch the damn thing. Yeah, it stresses us out, too. It's, it's a lot. Um, well, so I wanted to start out just by talking about process overall, mm-hmm. in terms of how you approach breaking the season. Sure. Um, I think you, you have said, and, and Alan has said, that you, you write all the episodes for the most part, then you shoot them all, then you edit them all, as opposed to, you know writing and then going into production and then continuing writing. But can you explain what your process is? Uh, well, it's kind of what you described. We, uh, we meet up and, you know, in between seasons, Alan and I wanted to take a long break in between the first and second seasons just to kind of refill our notebook per se and just have some experiences. And, you know, I moved to Italy for a couple of months and, and kind of did what the character did to kind of figure that stuff out and we would text ideas and talk to each other every now and then. Because what's interesting is we knew we had the show. So, you know, before I would think of something or if something happened to me, I might write it down as maybe an idea for stand-up or something like that. But now I, I knew about Master of None and, and would think in that way. So it kind of made me think about things in a different way. So something happened where, you know, I got into an argument with my parents about eating pork. And I texted Alan and I was like, I think we have an episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, or, uh, you know, we, we would just email each You know, it's always in the back of me and Alan's heads, even when we're not writing. So we'll maybe email each other and be like, what about an episode where I'm not even in it? You know, and that kind of started the seed of the conversation. It became the New York I Love You episode. And, uh, you know, random things like that. And then when we officially start writing, we kind of think about, you know, kind of the overall arc for the season, what we're thinking. Uh, and there's kind of two different arcs, I guess. There's a, there's a professional arc and a romantic arc. And so we kind of had the idea of, you know, Clash of the Cupcakes. And kind of the early idea was that we'd introduce this character uh, of Chef Jeff. And you know, I'm about to spoil what happens with him. But the idea was, like, you make him this super fun, awesome guy. And then in the end reveal, he's a monster. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's what we wanted to do with the professional arc. And then the, uh, the romantic arc... We, we, you know, it was a little tricky because in the, in the first season we did that episode, the mornings episode, where it was a year of a long-term relationship. So I put in a lot of observations I had about being in a long-term relationship. And so I was like, well, what can we do? And, um, and then I just thought about some situations I've had in my life where I've kind of been in this awful situation where you end up being in love with someone who's not available. And so we started talking about that and talked about, oh, maybe it's someone from Italy. And we kind of slowly started piecing that together. But the main thing we try to do is I think we do, we, me and Alan were like, okay, well, what worked last season? What was, what were we really excited about? And we thought probably the parents episode and the mornings episode and maybe Indians on TV as well. We really liked. Um, and those were probably the most ambitious ones we did. And so we're like, well, let's make every episode crazy this year. And that was really our goal. So, you know, the first episode's black and white. Second episode's in Italy. The third one's about Islam. You know, the fourth one, we have the whole, premise of the dating app episode and you know the episode I'm not really in and the Thanksgiving one that's 30 years and often we have ideas and you know like for example the Thanksgiving episode we at first you know we spat with Lena and we talked to her like what what, what's some stuff we can do with Denise this year is there any things that have happened and she started talking to us about when she uh brought home her uh girlfriend to meet her parents and we're like, well, that's an interesting scene. Like, maybe it's like Deb goes for Thanksgiving. And we were thinking about what the episode would be. And it just seemed like a little too straightforward. It seemed like, okay, you'd see this on any show. Mm-hmm. What could we do that's a little bit crazier? And then uh, my brother, who's a writer on the show, suggested, what if we do, you know, 30 years of Thanksgiving? And that really excited us. And so I pitched that idea to Lena. And I was like, I think you should write this with me. And then I, uh, we, she was in London filming a movie and I went to London for a week and we wrote that together and, and it ended up being one I was really excited about. But we always just try to just think like, okay, how do we make this something that people will be really excited about and make, you know, when you do a series, there's always certain episodes that people talk about. Right. And so the idea was, well, let's make every episode something people can talk about. Right. Um, and, and that was kind of what guided us overall. But we write for a while, and then we write, try to have a version of every episode, and then we start shooting. And while shooting, there's a lot of rewriting and stuff. This year, you know, the episode nine was, ended up being a double episode, and I spent a lot of time with um, Alessandra, the actress that plays Francesca. We spent a lot of time rehearsing that and changing things a lot. And Yeah, how much, how much does improvisation play into the changes that you make at that point? Well, I really like to rehearse with the actors, and so what I'll do, and this is a kind of a 
process like Crib, reading about what other directors, uh, like Richard Linklater does a version of this, and Stephen Stanley Kubrick does a version of this, where you kind of take the script and you kind of put it aside and say, all right, let's treat this situation real and just improvise the dialogue. And it's not improvising like trying to say wacky, hilarious jokes. It's more just like, well, let's just treat this like a real situation. And I did it a little last season, too. Like, I would work with Noel, and I'd be like, okay, let's just say... Uh, we're in bed together, the condom just broke, and let's just play that scene and just play it real. And you just kind of discover different things, and, and you end up with a more natural style of dialogue than what you'd written before. And you do that a few times, and I would record it on my phone, and, and we'd do it maybe like five, ten times. And then from doing that that many times, you'd find kind of, you'd kind of pull the cream of the crop and kind of piece together uh, the scene that way. Mm-hmm. So I would do that process a lot for like bigger scenes and uh, things like that. Um, but I did it a lot with Alessandra this year. There was so much stuff with us and, and I really wanted to write the character to her and um, make it feel like her because she's very funny and charming and I wanted it to feel like how she feels in real life. Were there particular scenes with Alessandra that you can think of that you did that? Like maybe the drugstore scene? Was that one that was improvisatory? Well, the first time, uh, so, so I told her like, hey, like we've, this one's going to be really hard and, I, and sh- you should come out to New York and we should just spend a lot of time together and just kind of, I just want to get to know you cause, and, and get this character right. And uh, I said, like, what are some things? So she came and, and I was like, what are some things you did when you first came to New York? Because she'd been to New York before and she's like, well, I remember I really freaked out when I went to a pharmacy. And I was like, <laughs> what? All right, let's go to a pharmacy now and show me what's going to freak you out. <laughs> and she literally went and grabbed the Vaseline and like, was like, look at all these toothpaste. Like, and, and I got what she meant, because when you go to Italy, like, the pharmacies are very small. They have like one toothpaste or like, right. you know, one diarrhea medicine, whatever. <laughs> Which actually seems to make more sense. I don't know why we need so much choice. But... Um, that was something that, you know that came that way, and uh, you know one night we were just hanging out just after shooting, and we were walking through Washington Square Park, and we did that thing where we pretended like we were a couple getting in a fight, and and I yelled, I in real life I think I yelled the thing about you you blew a dog, and uh, <laughs> we were like oh this is pretty good we could probably put this in. Um, one of the first times I met her in London, so I met her in London. She lives in London. We did an audition, and. Um, she was just such a great, uh, she did such a great audition. She was so funny, but also just such a great dramatic actress. And so, you know, I, I called Alan and I was like, I, I met this woman. I think she's really good. I think she could do this part. And, and then I was like, can we like get lunch or something so I can get to know you a little bit? And we got lunch and she said, she, I, she said this thing that we ended up putting in where she said something like, um, I took her to some restaurant that I liked in London. She's like, do you have any other places in London you like? And I was like, oh, yeah, there's this Indian restaurant that's good. She's like, oh, I don't like curry food. And, and then that became the thing <laughs> where she said, uh, oh, I said, that's racist. And she's like, no, I said, I don't like curry food. I didn't say I like curry people. <laughs> and I said, well, that is racist. I was kidding earlier. But, and that, a version of that bit is in episode nine. But um, yeah, a lot of the things in the show, uh, you know, I really do try to spend time with all the, 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 the actors and really get to know them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the Denise-Dev dynamic, it's pretty close to the, the uh, Aziz-Lena dynamic. And same with the Aziz-Arnold, or Dev-Arnold one. Like, when, uh, you know, Eric came to visit me when I was living in Italy, and I, said, and I told him, I said, you should come visit me because I'm sure... Some things will happen that'll be interesting that we could maybe use in the show. And sure enough, like the first week he came, 
we were driving around these tiny roads in Sicily, and our car got stuck. And we were going, it was, it was just like what happens in the series where we're in this car, and we see this tiny alley, and he's like, is this where we should go? And I'm like, yeah, I think that's, the, that's, the, that's what the GPS is saying. And he's like, I don't know, it looks pretty tight. And then this truck just barrels through, and we're like, well, the truck made it through, we'll be fine. <laughs> and then we go in, and sure enough, we got stuck, and all these people started honking and everything. And I took a picture of him, and he was like freaking out and getting mad, like. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's so big. <laughs> in the show, we have him in a Fiat, and he couldn't even sit in the Fiat. We had to, we had to take the seat out of the car. Like, so in the Fiat that we're driving in in the, in the show, it, it's not real. We had to take the seat out, and we had to, wow. like, build this, like, little fake seat because he was so big. Because when he sat in it, when he sat in it before we put in the fake seat, when he sat in, his head went over the roof. <laughs> How long did, in real life did it take you guys to extract that car? I mean, in real life, we were able to jiggle it out and it scraped and it, it didn't take too long. Oh, okay. But it was, okay. Still, it was still a little stressful and, and I had to drive. He was a little stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, this is a really ambitious season. Um, you know. It's really fucking cold in here. Jesus. It is. We got a fan blowing right There's on. like a huge fan somewhere. <laughs> Where is that air coming from? <laughs> I, do, honestly, where is it coming from? I don't know. It might be coming from this. Is it this? No, that's... Oh, my God. I don't know. Let's get blankets later. Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, before the Arctic chill, I was saying that uh, obviously this is an ambitious season, like mm-hmm. you were saying before. At any point when you were suggesting, hey, let's go to Italy, hey let's, hey, let's do black and white, hey, let's do subtitles, was Netflix like, I don't know about this? Or were they supportive... What's, what's great about Netflix is, uh, and I, I'm sure everyone that's on any other network is fucking sick of hearing this conversation. Oh, right. what's great about Netflix is, <laughs> no, they let you do whatever you want. It's so much creative freedom. <laughs> Netflix isn't bad either. <laughs> they get to do what they want on the Americans. <laughs> um... <laughs> But Netflix, uh, it, it, they, you know, they really trust, I think they, I'd like to believe they really trust me and Alan in particular because we did a good job with the first season, but the relationship with them is we'll send them stuff and sometimes I'll be like, mm, I don't know, are you guys sure about that? And if we're like, we're sure about it, they'll be like, okay. <laughs> like the shot at the end of episode five where it's like a long shot of me in the car without any dialogue or yeah. anything that we're gonna really look at that later on. on yeah yeah they were like you know we're kind of split on this are you guys sure about it and we're like yeah we think this will be cool and they're like okay and you know the segment in episode six where there's no audio that where it's the deaf characters oh, yeah. you know there's we're like is there anything that we can do or worried that people will think that something's wrong with their tv and <laughs> Me and Alan are like, well, that seems kind of cool. Let's just do that. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Um, but really, they're just so supportive of us. And, and I think, you know, anytime we've taken a big swing, luckily, we, we, it's landed. We haven't done anything big that's been a huge fuck up. So um, hopefully when that does happen, they'll be, they'll be cool about it. But uh, <laughs> no, they were just super supportive of everything we wanted to do this season. And, and I think they just kind of uh, admire our ambition and... Um, right. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to pull off everything. I mean, to go and shoot those episodes in Italy and everything, it was, it was, it was really awesome. So speaking of Italy, while you were there, uh, you learned Italian, obviously, mm-hmm. and you learned to make pasta. Mm-hmm. Which of those two things was more difficult to learn how to do? 
I kind of learned them both together because uh, I, I, I took a few weeks of Italian lessons before I left. And then um, while I was there, uh, everyone in those kitchens, I worked in all those kitchens that are in the episode and uh, they only spoke Italian. So that really made me learn quickly. And, uh, and, and, and I guess I, I, I learned that I enjoy learning languages. And uh, so I picked it up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And since you finished the season of Master Run, how often do you use Italian or pasta making in your real life? Pasta making, when I first got back, I was, uh, I was making pasta at home a decent amount. But I, uh, once we started the show again, I, I didn't have time. But I'd yeah. like to start cooking again because I do enjoy it. And then Italian, every now and then I'll meet someone that speaks Italian and I just like freak them out by speaking really good Italian. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see you speak some really good Italian. Um, We're going to look at a a clip from the first episode, The Thief. And I think we have to get out of the way because there are some subtitles. We want you guys to be able to see them. Buonasera. 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 Um, Io ho avuto una telefono che, come si dice, stolen. Mamma mia, il tuo telefono fa schifo. Sta zitto, parlo io. Hanno rubato il cellulare al mio amico. Per caso te ne hanno venduto uno oggi? No. Non lo troveremo mai! Sei un cretino! Perché ti sei fatto rubare il telefono? Sentite, volete comprare qualcosa o no? Non adesso. Andiamo, vai. Grazie, ciao. 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 Allora. Modena una piccola città. Penso che possiamo trovare questo ragazzo. Sì? Andiamo a Piazza San Francesco. Guarda, sono un buon detective, no? No, impossibile. Ma guardati, sei troppo grasso e troppo lento. Davvero? Penso che mi piace diventando grossa? Certo, mangi di tutto. La pizza, la pasta, il gelato, il formaggio. Eh, anche te. Eh sì, ecco perché anch'io sono grosso. L'hai visto? No. Ottimo lavoro, detective. Fuck that guy kiss his phone for. Allora, andiamo a mangiare qualcosa? Forse è meglio. I don't know, I thought his Italian was pretty good. <laughs> you don't have any core hydration, do you? <laughs> We have a lot of core hydration. <laughs> Enough for the whole audience. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They're definitely a sponsor of the festival, right? I have no idea. Because if they're not a sponsor, it's a very specific choice <laughs> to go to a store and be like, well, we need water for this vulture festival. Fiji, Poland, no, core! <laughs> Let's make sure everyone has we perfect big, pH water. Big on fans, big on water, all of it. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the, the boy in that scene. Mm-hmm. How did you find him? Because he is adorable. Uh, he is amazing. I, I don't have my phone with me or else I'd play you. He, he sends me messages pretty much every other day, like audio messages. It's like, ciao, Aziz, come my mom. Like, just <laughs> every day. And um, he, uh, so we did these auditions and uh, 
he was in uh, Rome and, uh, or no, he lived somewhere else, but we did these auditions in Rome and he came up, he lives outside of Naples. And uh, all these little kids came up and we would do auditions with them. And I would just speak with them, kind of improvise with them afterwards in Italian and just ask them like, what, what's like your favorite meal to eat or whatever. And all the kids were, you know, they'd be pretty shy and be like, oh, you know, I like spaghetti or whatever. And then this kid comes in, Nicolo, and he goes, hmm, uh, for me, uh, I don't know, maybe a linguine with blue lobster. <laughs> like, what? And like all the audition people were like, we don't know who the fuck this kid is, <laughs> but he's incredible. And um, he, just, he just blew everybody away. And um, he, uh, he was a real delight to have. He was such a funny, he was such a funny kid and such a great energy. And, um, you know, he's really the star of that episode. And it was, it's a lot for a little kid actor. And he really, he really rose to the challenge and did a great job for us. Yeah. Obviously, in a lot of these episodes, we didn't see it there, but you, you do a lot of eating. Mm-hmm. And the rule that actors always say is you have to be very careful about how much you eat in scenes because you do multiple takes, and then the next thing you know, <laughs> you're not feeling very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no offense, but when, you, when I watch these scenes, I'm like, he, he seems like he's pretty much eating. So how do you, how do you um, calibrate that, and especially when you're the director of the episode? Oh, I mean, I don't eat a lot. If you actually look, I'm not eating a lot. The only time I really ate a lot was when we filmed the Osteria Francescana scene in episode two, that came together very last minute, and um, you know, normally you drink like grape juice, and you you just take a little bite, and and they were like, "You're not drinking grape juice. We're pouring you real wine. Like, fuck you. You're not drinking grape juice in our <laughs> restaurant." And so they poured us real wine. So we we're really drinking wine and really eating the food. And uh, yeah, that was pretty surreal. It was pretty funny. Um, but the other stuff, you know, I usually just take a small bite or whatever. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is really good at fake eating. And I asked him, I was like, how do you do that? And he's like, oh, you do a lot of napkin work. And <laughs> <laughs> Angela Bassett, also very good at, at eating. Really? Yeah. I'm like, how the What's fuck her trade you? secret? I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't discern it. She's really good, though. She's, yeah. I mean, she's a really good actress. And <laughs> with the eating as well, she's really good. Maybe it's also the, you know, you, you tend to really react to something when you really think it tastes good. And so I'm, I'm just assuming that you've eaten a lot of it. That's, that's a good sort of trade secret, right? To be like, mmm, this is delicious. I, that, you know, I, I just go to a real place. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we filmed that scene in episode 10 where it's me and, and Bobby eating at the ramen place, like, that, that food was really good. I mean, yeah. we really... When I take that butt, I'm like, mmm. Like, I'm <laughs> somewhat playing it up, but yeah. It looks quite good. I mean, all the food we eat in there is good. Like... That Thanksgiving food and Thanksgiving, it was really good. But, you know, after a while, we were filming it for a week. Like, with Thanksgiving food in front of us, it's like, damn, this is a lot of Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah. Also, as part of the season, you get a job on, like, a, a cupcake mm-hmm. competition show. Yeah. Did you have to do any kind of cupcake competition show research? Or did you just kind of... I watched a couple of clips on YouTube. But the, the show that we created, I really don't know what happens on the show. Because they have, like, performances, magicians, <laughs> like... It really doesn't quite make sense, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was an idea we had in season one that we just kind of didn't do, but we, we had this idea of me hosting like one of these kind of shows. Right, right. And uh, so it was cool. We got to put it in this season. And then speaking of, of eating, uh, that's another issue in the episode Religion, mm-hmm. um, which is the one about Dev and his parents and yeah. the admission about him eating pork. Mm-hmm. Actually, we do have a clip from that, and this time we don't have to move. Okay. So let's show the clip, and then we can talk about it. 
Your father's cell phone went off in the middle of the second raka. I said a reminder to go to the prayer. I said the wrong time. Chamar, come on. Buddy. All right, guys, are we ready to order? Ah, uh, yes. We'll have the mango salad, uh, crab fried rice, and a veggie green curry. Medium spicy. Navid, you want something else? No, I'm not that hungry. And for you guys? Um, is there any specialties in the kitchen? Uh, the crispy pork with Chinese broccoli is probably our most popular dish. It's fantastic. We don't eat pork. You know what? I do. And I'll have that. That sounds good. What's going on? He's just joking. Uh, I'm actually not joking. I'm not that religious and uh, I eat pork. But it's okay because I'm a good person and I'm 33 years old and I can make those decisions. I can eat what I want and I, I want to eat the crispy pork with the broccoli. Oh, pinches! If you're going to order that, we are leaving. You're going to leave? Yes, we are. What is arugula? Ramesh, we are getting out of here. Goody, goody. Can we all go to seafood place? I like mahi mahi. I can't believe you did this. Uncle and auntie were very offended. Well, I'm sorry they're offended, but you know what? I'm not religious and I don't think it's right to pretend to be. What do you mean you are not religious? It's just not for me. What's not for you? Um, well, there's definitely issues. Oh, what about all the stuff with women? What is this, Fox News? Why am I under attack? Pada, you know, we don't believe that. Some people have bad interpretations. Yeah, and you know, you guys have your interpretations, right? You eat non-halal, you used to smoke cigarettes, you don't wear the hijab, why can't I have my interpretation where I'm just nice and I eat pork? It's not funny. Look, I get it. For you guys, religion has this cultural value. It's not like that for me. It's people calling me terrorists and getting pulled out of airport security lines. That's because you lost your passport three times. I lost it twice. No, three times. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm really disappointed in you. I'm going to bed. We could have gone to the seafood place. None of this would have happened. Really? That's your takeaway after all this? That we should have gone to the seafood place? Yep. Good night. <laughs> so some version of this actually did happen with your parents. Correct? Uh, sort of. The version that happened is, was way different. It was, it, I was, um, so I was with, I was dating someone at the time, and we were out to dinner. I don't remember the story super well, but if you look it up online, I tell the story on Conan when I remembered it fresh, but I'll do right. my best to recollect now. Because <laughs> it's a very crazy, you can't believe it happened kind of story. So I, I was seeing someone at the time, and we were out to dinner at this, uh, at this restaurant, and uh, my girlfriend then, she, uh, she ordered a dish that had pork in it, not knowing about this whole thing with them and pork. And it gets there, and I'm like, oh, she ordered something with pork in it. And I was like, well, I want to eat some of that. I don't know, you know, I'm not going to not eat it. And then I ate it, my mom got mad at me. And, uh, but she didn't, like, say, like, we're leaving or any of that, but she was just, right. like, kind of, <laughs> she was kind of upset. And then um, I kind of put it out of my head, and the next day, uh, me and this girl I was seeing, we were walking around, and we decided to go to uh, get, like, a, a sandwich at, um, there was, like, a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich that was really good somewhere, 
And so we go to get it, and, and she's like, I don't know, like, I feel weird. Like, it seemed like your parents were kind of upset that you're eating pork. And I was like, who cares? Like, what, are we going to run them on the street or something? And we get it, we split it in half, and we're eating, and then we run into my parents on the street. <laughs> and my dad is like, uh, what are you guys up to? I was like, oh, we're just grabbing some breakfast, whatever. And he's like, what's that sandwich? Can I have a bite? And I was like, no, there's bacon in it. You can't have a bite. And, and then they're like, oh, okay. Didn't make a big deal about it. I had to go do something, and I left. And she went with them to walk around a little bit to go to the park or something. And then she texted me and was like, your parents are asking me why I'm peer pressuring you into eating pork. <laughs> <laughs> And then I texted Alan and said, I have a funny idea for an episode. <laughs> but what the episode ended up being was something different. But, right. but that was kind of the seed of the idea. I was like, oh, this is interesting how this pork thing is bringing out this conversation about, you know, religion and tradition and all these things. Right. So even though obviously the circumstances were different, was it weird to go back to that issue again with your parents, even in this sort of fictional parallel universe? Yes, uh, it is weird because those are real kind of arguments and things, and right. it's weird to kind of fictionalize these these emotional things, you know. I mean, that scene where Lena comes out to her mom in Thanksgiving, I mean, that's pretty close to what really happened when she's coming out, and it was a very intense moment in her life. And here she is doing it over and over again for camera. That's weird, you know. Right. There's things we did in episode nine and ten that like reminded me of like really sad things I went through, and you know, uh, it's weird to kind of recreate those moments. But uh, I, you know, hopefully, all of us think the work is worth it, and I, I do think it adds a level of honesty and realness to the to the writing. So yeah, definitely. Did your parents have any reservations about doing that particular episode? When I first sent them the script, they weren't um, super excited about it. And I was like, no, I think this will be good. Like, trust me, like, this will be, no one's ever done anything like this before. And it'll be cool. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll be important. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually they just stopped yelling at me about it and they just did it. <laughs> <laughs> and you co-wrote the episode with your brother, right? Yeah, my brother's uh, a writer on the show. And um, yeah, we wrote that one together, yeah. What is your writing process like with your brother versus other people that you write with? Mm, I mean, we're very close because we're brothers, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but it, that one in particular, it's like we have such a wealth of experience to draw from, and we know our parents better than anybody. And uh, yeah, but he's he's super funny. Um, he, he's a great person to write with because he, he he reminds me of you know uh, just just great joke writer. You know, you could just be like, hey, Anise, can you punch this scene up? And he'll just throw in something that's just like really really funny and random that you wouldn't think of. He's really, like, a lot of things that people quote, jokes and things, are, are his things. Like, the character in episode four, the dating app episode, the, mm -hmm. the woman that is, like, all about, like, wrestling and Mortal Kombat, <laughs> that's basically my brother. <laughs> that's him. That's uh, niece as this woman. And, uh, yeah, he just is, he's just so good at weird specifics and things like that, yeah. Do you remember when you guys were kids when each of you kind of started to realize that you were funny? Like, is that something you realized from your brother and vice versa? Uh, I mean, we both loved to, you know, always like to make people laugh and um, both enjoyed just making people laugh and everything. But, you know, the idea of doing it professionally never crossed our heads. You know? Not at all. 
Yeah. Your dad was always the cut up, I guess, too. Huh? Right? Yeah, I mean, he's always a pretty <laughs> silly guy. He's pretty much the guy in the show. <laughs> Maybe tone down a little bit for the show. Right. <laughs> Miss, are you filming this whole thing? I mean, you're right here. And I will promise you, you will never watch that ever again. <laughs> She might. <laughs> so I was going to ask you something kind of serious, and now this feels like a weird segue, but I'll just roll right through sure. it. Um, in this episode, there was, and you've talked about this, there was a scene that you were going to do, um, a flashback to Dev getting yelled at on the street. It was basically, the idea was to be like a montage of him dealing with Islamophobia. And uh, we wrote it and we filmed it and it just didn't seem to fit in the episode. But yeah, right. we, we filmed some of them and, and then, uh, yeah, we ended up not using it. But um, yeah, Anise had some really, they were really funny jokes that we just didn't get to put in. Yeah. Right. And you've, but you filmed that one scene like the day after the election, right? Uh, yes. So the day after Trump got elected, we filmed one of these scenes. And so the idea was some of them were like kind of supposed to be sad and then some of them were most of them were kind of funny. So like the funny ones were like, my brother said one time he was in like a sporting goods store and he was walking around and some guy just yelled like, hey terrorists, get out of here. And he looked around, he didn't see anybody. <laughs> and then he heard it again. Someone goes, hey terrorists, get out of here. And he looks up and there's a guy like on a rock climbing wall. <laughs> he's like looking down. And that just seemed really funny to us. And then, so that was one. And then uh, in between that, we had one that was like, you know, just me crossing the street and then some guy being like, hey, terrorists, hurry the fuck up, you know? And then we had like the, the fun, the last one that was the funny one was, uh, and then he swears this happened, is I'm, I'm walking down, I'm walking down the street and this guy over here goes like, uh, he, or I'll do it like this way. So I, I'm walking like this and this guy goes, uh, hey, why don't you go back to Pakistan? And I look over, I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was talking to my friend Gopal. And then there's another guy there. <laughs> and he's sitting in a cab and he's like, he's my friend and he really is going back to Pakistan. <laughs> and it's like an inside joke we have. <laughs> and so we're, we're, so, we're, so we're filming this stuff. And it's the day after Trump's got elected and Alan's directing the episode and, you know, there's a guy going like, hey, terrorists, hurry the fuck up! And just, like, yelling it at me and I'm like, well, this is weird to do this today. <laughs> do you think you would have... Did the election have any bearing on your decision to take it out or not? You think you would have no. decided... No, that, was, that, that was just, just didn't work for... The montage just didn't work. It was, right. it was just... We had the moment where... It was supposed to start with... It was supposed to start with this, uh, the episode was going to be the montage of all these things where uh, you see all the kids getting told they've got to go to church and they're like, I don't want to go, like all that thing, right? And then it ends with me as a kid eating the bacon, which is in there. And then it was going to go from that to the montage of the kind of okay. things that have happened to him regarding religion and how it was like how he had religion in his life. But the bacon, the kid eating the bacon thing was just so funny. It was just like, well, we just need to get out on that. You right. Know, that, that, that actually really happened. I don't, uh, that, that was like a pretty much a direct recreation of how I learned about religion. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I want to next talk about the Thanksgiving episode, which we talked about a little bit. But sure. um, but you said before, obviously, that was a very personal episode for Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, the two of you wrote that together. Right? Yeah. Um, talk about what that process was like. I mean, did she... Was she immediately into kind of exploring this territory? Or did it take some coaxing? I think she really trusted us. And, you know, it was me basically saying, hey, I want you to do what I do. And just kind of just put it out there, you know, like go deep here and go really personal. And I promise we'll make something good. And I think she just trusted uh, me and Alan and, and the show to, to get it right. And um, so... I met up with her in London, and we just kind of had this general idea of, okay, it's going to be several different Thanksgivings. And so we had to just come up with, like, okay, what's the main thing that happens in each of the Thanksgivings? So, like, the first one, we were thinking about, like, okay, what would Dev and Denise be like as little kids? And, you know, it's weird. Like, Lena and I have a lot of the same cultural references from when we were kids, like, you know, watching a lot of, like, Fresh Prince, or, you know, we were both obsessed with that Jackson's American Family Dream miniseries. Which, Which is why it's really great awesome. that Angela Bassett. Yeah, we made it really awesome when we got Angela Bassett. <laughs> um, but we were, we were just talking about things that we did as little kids, and then we just talked about, you know, how these two kids would cut up as little kids, which was a fun scene to kind of write. And so and then we came up with the idea of her thinking that Deb was black, which I read somewhere where Lena said that she actually did that when she was a little kid, which I didn't know. And then, um, and then we had, like, you know, I just talked to Lena about different moments in her life, and, you know, she talked about, like, you know, wearing her mom telling her to wear a dress and her kind of coming downstairs wearing and something closer to what, you know, Lena or Denise present day wears. And then we talked about like, uh, you know, the scene where she brings home the first girl who's kind of nice and then the other girl who's like a nightmare. And then mm-hmm. I, we just had the different beats. And, um, you know, I think Lena took Lena's household growing up was pretty similar to what we show with Denise, where it was like her mom and her aunt and then I think the Aunt Joyce character kind of, kind of became a fusion of a few different women from Lena's life, and her grandma was always really present. So we had these three pretty fleshed-out characters that we would bring in each year. And it was just like a fun device to write to, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of how we had this pattern of like, okay, you would see them by themselves upstairs talking about their stuff, then you'd see the parents, and then something would happen. And um, it, was just a real, it was just a real treat to just write with her, and we had so much fun doing it together. It was really fun. And then, you know, after the episode came out, or episode when we started filming the show, you know, um, Melina Matsukas directed it and did such a fantastic job and really worked with Lena to kind of get all these details right. And, you know, I think we, you know, production design, everything looked at all these old photos of Lena's home and, and uh, you know, from everything, from the clothes and everything, like every department really killed it on that episode. It was, it was definitely a tricky one for every, every department and, and everyone really rose to the challenge. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at a clip from that. I believe this is of, uh, is of the not-so-great girlfriend that she yeah, has yeah. for Thanksgiving. Great. Let's take a selfie. All right, let's do it quick, though. Ready? Oh, this has to go on the ground. Hey, Nikki, what is your username on there? Nipples and Tells 23. Ah, uh, what was it again? Nipples and Tells 23. Okay, I'm going to add you real quick. So, nipples and toes, 43. No, nipples and toes, 23. Nipples and toes, 23. Yeah. Wait, is it nipples and the letter N toes, or is it nipples ampersand toes? No, it's nipples and the word and, A-N-D, toes, 23. So, nipples 
A and D toes. Yes. So nipples and toes. So nipples and toes. Yeah, got the nipples, got the toes. I think it's very clear what a username is. <laughs> I love how Dev is just such the instigator, like always, in that dynamic. Yeah, I, that was so fun to film. So when we were writing, Lena told me about some woman she dated who had like a very scandalous Instagram handle, which we couldn't use hers. So we came, she came up with nipples and toes 23, <laughs> which really made me laugh. And, and then we were filming that, and I was just really just trying to make Lena break. I was just, just trying to just kept goading her on, just like improvising more and more nonsense. And then we kept doing it. And then one time I went, so whenever we're filming, usually after we do a scene, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll go back and watch the take and see how things are looking. Uh, and, or I'll go and ask, you know, out, uh, around our video village is what you call the area where there's the monitors where, you know, Alan and Eric and Anise and whoever's directing would kind of watch the screen. And so I sometimes I go back there and see if they have any jokes or whatever, and sometimes they'll pitch me stuff or whatever. And, and when I went back, Anise was like, what if you say, is it nipples in the word, amp and toes, or is it ampersand? I was like, oh, man, they're not going to make it through that. And then, and then we did it, and everyone was breaking, and we had to do it a bunch, but eventually we got it. But that, it was super fun to film that. I mean, it was, it was so fun because... It, you know, what's cool about our show is, and what's weird about it is, there's no stable cast. You know, some some weeks it's just me and Alessandra the whole week. <clears throat> this week it was me and those. It was like we were doing the sitcom where it was me and these four black women. And, and I told Lita, I was like, this is the most screen time one Indian dude has ever had with four black women <laughs> on any piece of film or television ever. <laughs> and uh, they were just all so good together. They just had such a great chemistry. And, you know, the Grandma Ernestine, Joyce, uh, Angela, they were just so good together. And just doing scenes, when we did the scenes where we're all together, it was just so fun because everyone was just like bringing it and just, just so good that it made those scenes really fun. Now, how did you get Angela Bassett? Was it as simple as just asking her and she said it, yes? It was, it was pretty simple. It wasn't like a big fight. She just, we, we sent her the script and we said, would you be down to do this? And, and uh, um, yeah, she was down. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were thrilled. I mean, that was that was like a dream ask. I think Lena didn't think it would happen, and and we were just kind of going in, fingers crossed, and and uh, we were so excited. Yeah. Yeah, and she's great in the episode. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I want to jump to an, another episode. Um, this is the the dinner party episode, and you alluded to this before. This is the scene where it's a really long take mm -hmm. of you uh, in the car. So why don't we go ahead and roll that, and then we can talk about that. Okay, quick question for you. What's the difference between restroom, bathroom, and toilet? It's all the same. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, if I want to be polite, what should I use? Like if you're in a really nice place? Mm-hmm. Um, then you say, uh, excuse me, um, where's the shitter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> That sounds so rude. <laughs> um, uh, the hotel's right around the corner, sir. Oh, yeah, thank you. What a night. I still can't believe it. I mean, 
New York. The food was amazing. And John Legend just played the piano in the room, and I was in that room too. <laughs> yeah, you were. This is insane. I mean, nobody's gonna believe me. <laughs> oh, I had so much fun with you tonight. Can we do something together again? Yeah. You want to do something tomorrow? Yeah. Oh no.、Uh, I have to go somewhere with Pino, and we actually leave on Sunday, so I guess next time, right? Right. A long take. Why?、Uh, yeah. Why did you and Eric want it to go as long as it did? Well, originally it was just. So I remember we were shooting that scene, and Alessandra really asked me that question about bathroom toilet before <laughs> we were about to shoot, and I was like, "Oh, just let's just do that again when we're filming." That was funny, and so we so we had that bit, and then we just had the goodbye, and so when you're filming these. Things where you're driving, you have a certain path, and roads are closed or whatever. So, we drop her off, and then go circle around, and then we pick her up again, and then we do the scene again. And we, you know, I love doing things that are just one take or whatever. So we would we would just do it like this. And then, so I told Eric. Eric's on like a walkie.、Uh, what's funny is so whatever like we're directing like the car stuff or whatever. Uh, or you know, someone's the director is in a faraway room. Like when Eric was directing, he'd always have like a walkie-talkie, and then there'd be like some goofy picture of Eric that says it's like this or something, <laughs> and then <laughs> he would just talk through it, and you'd look at it, and it always made me laugh. Anyway, so that walkie's just sitting in the car, and I, and I tell Eric, I'm like, hey, like after I drop her off, just stay rolling on me, and maybe we can use it for something,、um, like credits or something. I don't know, and I'll just try to stay in it,、mm-hmm. and.、Um, So we just did it that one time, and then、uh, when we were editing, I I looked at that and I was like, "What if we just left it in?" And then I I remember that soft cell song. I know Alan really liked that song, and I really liked that song too. And it's kind of a good bummer song, <laughs> and、yeah. so I put that song over it, and I thought it was cool, and I liked it, and and、uh, I showed it to Alan, and Eric, they're into it. I just it you know I guess a big influence this season was a lot of the you know this Italian cinema I watch and if you watch stuff like Antonioni there's there's a lot of stuff that really kind of tests your patience sometimes、mm-hmm. and you just I feel like sometimes you can 
do more with just you know a facial expression or the silence than you can with any dialogue. And I think that that moment, I think, really puts you in that guy's head more than any dialogue we could have written. Yeah, I mean, I've been in real situations like that, and, and that is an agonizing moment when you've had this fantastic night with someone, and you're pretty sure you probably both love each other, but it just can't happen for whatever reason, and you're alone, and you're saying goodbye, and, you know, if situations were different, something else would happen then, and you're just left alone in this really dark moment with a complete stranger in a car, mm-hmm. just with your thoughts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's a scene that a lot of people um, have come up to me, and especially New York people are like, I've been in that gap, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you did it just in one take? You didn't do it again? I don't know if we did it many times. I think that was the only time we did it, okay. where, I, I, where I stayed in it the whole time, yeah. Right. I mean, that's to be in a scene where... You have no one to react to. You don't have any dialogue. It's, it's just all got to be what plays across your face. Was that challenging? Did it feel natural to do it? Uh, you know, I think what was good is that it was such an on-the-fly idea that I didn't have time to really think about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it came out. Yeah. And, yeah. So you can just react. You didn't have to, like, psych yourself out or anything because you just... Yeah, I mean, I just tried to, you know, I've, I've been through that kind of thing before, so I knew what the guy was feeling. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to one more clip um, from the Amarsi Unpo, I don't speak Italian, episode. Uh, and I think this is when you guys go to Storm King. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a look at that real quick. So I need um, a pillow and a blanket. Nope. You take the bed, I'll take the couch. Why? Come on, it's your place. You're my guest. Please, take the bed. You sure? I'm sure. Okay. All right. Good night. Buonanotte. I can't sleep. Yeah, I'm not that tired, are you? No. Should we have a pajama dance party? Do you know? Mm. Do you know how to dance the twist? I don't know. No? I don't think so. Come on, do you know this? Go down, go down, go down. No, I'm not down there. No, I'm like. Oh, yeah. Well, that's back, it's not down. Oh, oh you get I have to move the left, right? Yeah, twist the left. Am I doing it right? Kind of. That's so cute when you're done. I'm cute when I do everything. Go down. Now you're Okay, now down. Oh, you noticed you said down again. You're wrong. Ready? Yeah. 
So that was a different clip than I thought it was going that to be. That wasn't the Storm King clip. It wasn't. But it was still very charming. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good scene. I'm happy <laughs> with that one. So you were talking earlier um, about finding Alessandra and, and casting her in this part. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you have certain qualities that you were looking for in Francesca? And can you talk about sort of what she brought that, that met those expectations? Uh, I just, you know, the trick I've learned from, from doing Parks and Rec was you get interesting actors in your cast and then you write to them mm -hmm. and the way you have great fully fleshed out characters is you you mine from these real people because they're real you know they're fully formed right. so uh i just you know i you know all the people we've cast like the big roles lena um eric um uh you know alessandra noel in the first season um i really didn't watch their other stuff i just kind of did an audition with them and in the auditions we do like one scene that's like one of the scenes that's written and then we do like an improvisation like you know for all the women that auditioned for rachel the, the bit was the the condom breaking scene right. and we would just improvise that and uh you know using that as a gauge and then i would you know try to spend some time with them and just talk to them and get to know them and just see if we had a vibe together and um that is how I cast everybody. So I never really saw anything else she did. I just, we just did that audition. We did an improvised scene and then I had lunch with her and I was like, she's, she's, she'll be great. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, she was super, uh, huge in kind of informing who that character was and kind of, you know, she talked to me about how she had friends in Italy who were kind of in her, in the Francesca situation where they had, you know, dated some guy for like 10 years and, uh, you know, this kind of, were on this path and never really thought about dating other people because they were in a small town and they just kind of got paired up early on. And, you know, just the idea of how she's kind of had to face several moments in her life where she's choosing between family and herself and, and didn't really get to pursue her own career because her mom passed away and had to, she had to take over the pasta shop and things like that. And, um, it, it, you know, we spent a lot of time together to figure that character out and, and all the charm and stuff is just her. That's just, she's a very charming, lovely lady. And, um, yeah, I mean, like that scene we did, that was like the first take and that was, you know, that's all one take too. That was oh, our really? camera guy really did a good job. Rod, our operator did a good one. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff is just, it's just her. She's just really funny and interesting. And, and I just tried to put as much of her in, into the characters I could. Yeah, I mean, and that scene speaks to something that I really like about this season, which is it's such a romantic season, um, and not that there's no sex in it at all, mm -hmm. but it's not really focused in that way. It's more about tension, you know? There's one movie that I watched that no one's picked up on any of the stuff I've read um, called My Night at Mods. It's a French film, mm -hmm. and um, I remember watching it, and it's, you know, it's kind of a, a movie where there's a gentleman who stays over at this woman's house, and there's just so much tension. And I told Alessandra, we were, we were talking about scenes, I was like, we need something where there's just like, where we really just like 
fucking drive a screw into Deb's heart. <laughs> I mean, you know what's so weird? It's like, people talk about the show, it's like, oh, it's such a happy show. I mean, I watch this shit, and I'm so sad. I mean, <laughs> I mean that dance scene, it's like, I just, like, feel for this guy. Like, that's brutal, you know? Like, sitting in the... Ca- I mean, even when we were filming, like, we were like, damn, dude, this is sad. Like, there were so many scenes where I just have to, like, do a sad walk, you know? Like, there's a lot of Deb's sad walks. And I was like, damn, man, this season is really sad. And then no one, no one, everyone's like, oh, man, it's such a happy show. I'm like, what fucking thing are you watching? <laughs> but, uh, what, what was this talking about? Um, you were talking about what? The, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. No, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, just that there's... Relative to the first season, I think there was less, a little bit less sex and, and talking oh, about God. sex. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, the first season, I remember we filmed that thing in mornings where it's like we had the sex montage and stuff. Oh, gosh. It was so awkward. I hated filming that stuff. <laughs> so rough. God. Yeah, I mean, last season, they were like, filming me like, going down on people and stuff. There's none of that this season. <laughs> yeah, this season, it was, you know, even... Even that scene, you know, in the end, you don't see anything. You don't know what happens there. You right. Know, you don't know what happened that got them to the moment at the end. You right. Know, we don't you show any of it, which, is, which I, I like that we made that choice. Right. Yeah, there's been a lot of debate about what the final moment means. Mm-hmm. Because some people, I think some people interpret it as a memory of when they had the sleepover before. But I don't. Think that's what it was supposed to be. Right? It's not a. It's not a flashback of that. I'll confirm that because okay. we're she. We're wearing different clothes. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, if your theory is that it's a flashback, but whoever, if it's Dev's flashback or Francesca's flashback, but they don't remember the clothes well, <laughs> I guess I would say you could have that theory if you like. Great. I've no. got a think piece to write on Monday. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 not a flashback. I mean, as far as what that ending means. You know, I remember I was talking to Alessandra once, and we were just talking about endings of, of these kind of things, and we just talked about how our favorites were, were ones that were ambiguous, where, you know, if it's like the ending of, like, Before Sunset or, before, or you know, uh, Chunking Express has a great ending, where it's really up to you and how you feel. And uh, I think it's one of those things. You know, what's cool for me is as I've gotten older, watching things, and if you watch, you know, a movie about relationships, like, say, you know, like Husbands and Wives or, you know, Before Sunset or something, I think if you watch it when you're 24 and then you watch it again when you're 34, I mean, those are two, two totally different movies. Right. And I feel like I hope this ending, and from what I've read a little bit online, it seems we've, we're, we're, we kind of have that where it, it kind of feels like different people take away different things from it. Where some people are like, oh, great, <laughs> everything's good. And, and then some older people are like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> and then some people are like, oh, it seems like it's all in one of their heads. And, and I, I don't want to say what my personal take on it is because I, 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 I'd like people to have their own version sure. of it. And I think, you know, you know what's great is when I talk to people who have actually been in a situation like that. And they just like want to give me a... I had a friend text me the other day. They were like, holy shit, man. I've been there. I can't believe you put all that stuff in there. And, 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 and if you've ever been in a situation like that, it's, it's the most agonizing thing. When you're really in love with someone and they're in love with you, but it just can't happen for whatever reason. And it's brutal. And uh, I think your analysis of what that even is changes with time as you've had you know, more time away from that situation as you have more relationships and just kind of mature, your whole take on what that even was changes. Right. Um, so that's why I like that the ending is kind of weird the way it is. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you have said that there may not necessarily be a third season of Master of None, or you're mm-hmm. just not sure yet. There's um, I don't know. It's also like, you know, the worst time to ask me or Alan about whether we're doing a third season is right after we finish the second season. <laughs> and even just hearing the word season three, it stresses me out. And when people ask me that question in interviews, it stresses me out, because I immediately think about a year of very hard work. And um, I think now we're kind of tapped. We just finished the season and, you know, we all have other things we want to do and things. Look, I mean, I love the show, and it's it's a, the best job I'll ever have. I get to make a show with my best friends, my whole entire immediate family. Uh, <laughs> I get to do it at Netflix, where they're so creatively supportive. Are um, they? I've never heard that about Netflix. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can't ask for a better situation. And people seem to really enjoy the show. I mean, walking around New York, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy for me to walk around New York the weekend after the show came out. Like, the weekend the show came out, you know, it was raining that Saturday. And I think everyone in New York was mandatory. You had to, like, watch the whole thing. Because <laughs> it's funny getting recognized in New York. You know, I live here most of the time. And when, when I walk around, like, no one really asks for selfies or anything. They kind of just treat me like I'm a guy that everybody knows in the high school or something like that. And they're like, watch the season. Good job. Hey, good new season. You know, and it's like, wow, everyone finished it already. This is so crazy. <laughs> and, you know, to make something that people respond to and like that much, like, you know, that's, that doesn't happen often. So, you know, if we didn't do a third season, yeah, I'd feel bad that we didn't get to keep it going. But I also wouldn't want to do a third season that wasn't as inspired as what we did. You know, the reason we took the break between season one and season two is so we could make something that we really felt like was a step up and, and improved on what we did. And I feel like we did. And I feel like that's kind of the consensus of the reception is that we mm-hmm. did a better season. And I wouldn't want it to do a step back or to be like not as cool or exciting. So right. I don't know. I, I think we need some time to refill the notebook. Maybe we'll do another one. But I don't know. We're, we'll make other things if we don't do it. I mean, Sure, sure. But I love the world of the show. I love the whole team we built, the cast and crew and everybody. And um it's a really special thing to me. So uh, if, if I had my druthers, you know, anytime my notebook was <laughs> laughing at the praise, if I had my druthers, <laughs> if I had my druthers, whatever druthers are, I just, I just know it means if you can do whatever you wanted. Um, <laughs> if I had my druthers, uh, anytime the notebook was filled up and me and Alan felt like we had a few, we would call up Netflix and they'd be like, all right, let's do it. And we'd make it and... You know, maybe we'd make a season three a couple of years from now. Maybe we'd make another one when we're like 60 years old. Me and Alan always talk about that. Like, wouldn't it be great to do a season of Master of None when we're like 70? And it's just like <laughs> what like we're just thinking about when we're 70, you know? Uh, I mean, part of the thing that's hard is like, well, okay, now we've written a lot of shit about me being a single dude in, in New York that eats a lot. Like, I don't know if I have more, many more observations. <laughs> I got I to gotta live my life a little bit, maybe not eat, maybe get in a serious relationship, have a kid, something, and then, then maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe I'll have more things to say. That's it for this week's show. The Vulture TV podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Jordan Bell produces our show, and Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. You can follow me on Twitter, at Chaney J. We will be back next week for our final show. Thanks for listening. Bye.